Hello and you're very welcome back to the Women's Rugby Pod with me, Johnny Hammond, and the living legend that is Rachel Burford. Hi there, we are back for the fourth edition of our weekly roundup from the world of women's rugby. For those of you joining us for the first time, this is an international podcast featuring the latest news from all four corners of the globe. So far we've had shows about the state of the women's game in New Zealand, USA and in Ireland too, and this week Scotland takes centre stage. That's right, we are joined by Jade Conkle and Chloe Rowley for an assessment of Scotland's form fresh from that tour to South Africa. Yes, and there's a French connection too. Chloe and Jade are playing with me now at Harlequins this season after a year in France. We'll get their impressions of rugby life on the continent. And as always, we'll get to grips with all the latest domestic news as Saracens and Harlequins continue their winning starts to the new Tyrrells Premier 15 season. So, Burfingtons, how are you? Your cod liver oil intake must be off the chart by now. <laughs> Thanks for that, Johnny. Um, yeah, actually, I need some more. So if anybody's out there that wants to give me a sponsored gig, that would be great. Hold it back. Do get in touch. <laughs> um, yeah, not so bad. Um, back into training with the girls this week. So progress is happening, Johnny. Oh, great stuff. And uh, this week I, I saw, not only from, from talking to you, but also um, photographs and what have you. Um, you, you popped on a tracksuit this week. Yes, um, unfortunately Gary Street wasn't able to um, be with us this week because he wasn't very well so I um, got the call up to support the players um, and to support um, Karen Finley um, from the sidelines. And obviously we know about your sensational Rachel Burford academies that go on as and when you, you have the time but is that something on a serious note that you may well consider uh, when the boots do eventually hang up and we hope that's a long time away? Yeah, no, it is. I think, you know, an opportunity to stay in within the game and to be a part of it would be something that I'd be looking forward to. Um, yeah, I've been running my Burford Academies for the last four years now, which is very much grassroots focus. Um, but the opportunity here at Harlequins, um, you know, it's more kind of elite level. It's more about performance, which is something that I'm slowly starting to get a real traction to on that side of things. Big bit of news this weekend to, to catch up on is, of course, the first of the HSBC World 7 Series in Glendale. Fabulous place, that is. Um, and an outstanding performance from the home side. USA lifted the, the trophy, having been Australia in the final and seen off New Zealand in the semi. France reached the semi-final as well. And England beat Brazil too to finish ninth. But a, a fabulous weekend, wasn't it, of sevens? Yeah, it was a great start to the seven series, which has obviously progressed this year. There's more legs. Um, it's a big year for players to play for their positions um, and, you know, leading into to Tokyo 2020 next season. Um, yeah, so what a great, fabulous um, way to kick it off. For USA to, to win on home ground is phenomenal for them as well. They've been a developing side over the last few years, so it's great to see them kind of really kick on and to take um, number one spot at the first leg. Well, you, you mentioned the, the Olympics there. I, I just wondered, do you think your experience in sevens, is that going to change the mindset of some of these teams? They know they've already qualified for, for Tokyo. Does it make a difference how they approach this, this World Seven Series this year? I don't think much changes. I think, you know, f when you're going into a year like this, you kind of want to perform really well. You want to look at different combinations, maybe a couple of new players that have come in. Um, but also you want to instill great confidence in the side and you want to kind of, every tournament that you go to, you want to either progress from what you did last tournament, taking new learnings, learn from your mistakes. But there will also be an element of, you know, there are things at stake in this World Series, but everybody will be ultimately thinking about how they're going to get themselves to that 2020 in the peak performance that they can be in. 
Uh, I'm just talking on a wider perspective about USA Rugby, we, we almost feel, as us rugby fans, don't we, that it's coming, it's a matter of when. You look at the, the men's side, pipped to the title in Paris due to, due to an injury, if we're honest, to the, to the men's series title last season. We spoke to Rob Kane, didn't we, about the summer series and the amount that they can progress now. This USA uh, women's seven side winning the home tournament, uh, that's men and women won their home tournaments. Just when is it really, really going to kick in with the USA? Could we even see a double at 2020 Tokyo? Oh, I think, you know, anything could happen in a sevens game, especially um, with the USA team. I think for the women, and as Rob Kane mentioned about the fact that, you know, there's so much scope for the development of the sides. And we're now seeing the potential that the USA women have had for many of years. And there was even um, Abby Cositis actually put out a, there was a World Rugby video of her. And she said, so many people brand us as athletes and not rugby players. And I think for years we've only seen them as athletes. Whereas now the way that they're playing, they're becoming very like strong rugby now. They understand the game incredibly well. And obviously Chris Brown, who has worked alongside Mike Friday, both at Kenya and at USA you know having heavily involved in a men's program he's probably taken a lot of that into the female um, program as long as as well as with his own spin on things as well and now you're starting to see both correlations of success in both the men and the women's program and I mean you know could they do the double of course they can frightening for the rest of the oval world staying with sevens uh, a little bit of news Scott Forrest has been named as the GB women's coach for Tokyo 2020 the uh, the Scotland sevens coach uh, and the Welsh squad was announced last week. 14 uncapped players as they prepare for what is a really busy autumn, uh, five games in all. Eleanor Snowsill, uh, one of those experienced players named in there, um, she'll be with us on the pod next week. Yeah, I think, you know, Roland Phillips has looked to, to stay with you know some of his experienced players but also to spread some new players into it and it's, you know, you've got five games there all in all so there's a lot of opportunity for players to play. Time now to introduce this week's special guest, not one but two of Scotland's history makers in more ways than one. Scotland's first ever fully professional players. One a fullback with 32 caps to her name, or so she tells me, and the other number eight sitting on 38 caps and both fresh from Scotland's first ever tests in the Southern Hemisphere. Chloe Rowley and Jade Conkle join us on the Women's Rugby Pod. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us, ladies. You've had a very busy last few hours. Haven't you, Chloe? You've... <laughs> I've been saving the local wildlife here in Guildford. Yeah, yeah I've been um, just saving a pigeon. Um, aim to come here early, but here we are, nearly late, just saving a pigeon, taking it to the... Is, yeah. is there anything you can't do? Uh, I didn't know that was one of the things, but obviously it is now, so... Perfect. It also says, good trip over there? Yeah, it was really good, really insightful, learnt a lot, and good to get a good chunk of time together with the team. Um, long flight, but we're back. Good to be back. Chloe's got a tan. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have gone from blue to white, so that, that is something, Jade. Um, but, but you say that that, 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 that that time together, that's possibly not something that Scotland's had much of before now. How Just how good was that on and off the field to, to spend that intense time together? Yeah, I think for me it's a, a really good thing to do. Um, we got the experience, like, you know, to play as a squad and then just to gel as a squad outside the rugby as well. Um, I think for us, for our first tour... Um, in history is a massive thing like hopefully it'll have a you know a positive effect and we will like gel together for the upcoming games yeah I'm a bit of an introvert at heart so um being around 26 females for 12 days solid was 
a long time however it was really good to get to you know get that time to gel with each other um actually hang out off the pitch because we're all dotted about the countries it's quite nice to then come together and get to know each other even though you know each other on the pitch to get to know each other even better better off the pitch so what did you learn about yourself then that i'm quiet (laughs) no you wouldn't at all everyone expects me to be big and scary but actually i have a teddy bear so nice and what's the teddy bear's name Withis. Withis. Is that a Scottish no, name? Withis. It's the name of a mountain in Scotland. You're right. Good knowledge. Very <laughs> nice. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, obviously, that's good style on the rugby stuff, but what about off the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, onto the games themselves. Um, fantastic results. Absolutely superb. Well, the first one, 47-5. Second one, a couple of tries thanks to yourself. Six tries in all, 38-15. I guess it must be a very, very happy camp. Yeah, I think after the first game, we were all like in good spirits. He definitely, like, we were focused again for the second game to um, do well again. But yeah, definitely for for us as a team, it was a massive step in the right direction. You know, we were we were um, we enjoyed it, and we were definitely determined to get the second win. Um, but yeah. Yeah, South Africa didn't make it easy, especially in that second test. Um, came off that pitch feeling like it was one of the most physical games I think I've ever played in my life. Very, very big direct runners and, you know, there was lots of phases of defence and then just hoping that then they'd make an error, but they certainly came at us really, really hard. So to come away with that win and actually a good scoreline and get to run through our plays and stuff was really positive. Yeah, I remember from experience playing against South Africa, like no matter what the scoreline says, you've been hit by a bus the next day for absolute sure and they just keep coming and keep coming. And I keep think coming. it was three lorries, not even just a bus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how much did, did you learn being on the front foot, um, it, all due respect, being thrown into the Six Nations as you often are, uh, against semi-professional kind of sides, the islands and, and, and the Englands and the France, but actually to go to South Africa not a known sort of test test nation tier one nation to go and actually as you say play through your plays that must have been really really nice for the whole squad yeah I think it was great to see um, especially with the new head coach coming in it was great to see how we are all getting on and how we're gelling together you know and I think we had trained enough to be eager to start our plays and you know see how they were going to work I think for me definitely as a back um, I was excited to see how the backs were going to get on with the new plays and the new structure. But I think, yeah, it was really good for us to to do that. And you know, from what we took from the two games, um, was definitely a positive. Yeah, I think from what we've like from the short amount of time we've had with the new coach to be able to like put on a performance like that's massive for us. And hopefully, we can just keep improving with more time that we've got together. I mean, Philip Doyle, also known as Goose, isn't he? Yeah. Do you go? Do you Goose. Call we just call him Goose. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, nice. (laughs) Um, So, like, what sort of impact has he had coming straight in? You know, what sort of changes, maybe, or new techniques, or anything like that, that you guys can share an insight to us too? I mean, he's very black and white. Bit of a scary man, but really lovely off the pitch as well. Um, Yeah, he's just come in, um, come up with some new, fresh ideas, and been very like open about it all like he's not afraid to like have a big conversation make changes um, and then just kind of bring in a lot more of a technical focus as well which I thought has been really insightful for us yeah I think definitely he's took us from the foundation that we had and he's added his little bits like he came in all guns blazing which personally I think that's what we needed as a squad Um he's definitely like you know showed us the ropes of, on how to go forward and as a team we're, we're taking on um, 
what you're saying to us and we're trying to change the squad and it's it's getting there it's working it's you know step by step we'll we'll improve and yeah I think he's definitely came in and had a positive impact on us well, obviously, uh, some of our listeners will, will know Goose from his time with Ireland in 2014, um, getting Ireland through to a semi-final, having beaten New Zealand on the way. But looking from from, from the outside in to, to the Scotland camp, and, and I know Shade Monroe put some, some decent blocks in place, but there seems to be a, a real importance around the women's game now in Scotland. Years, two years ago, we just wouldn't have heard about you going off to South Africa for a tour, her autumn internationals. These things just didn't happen. Is that perception from the outside right that actually sort of things are beginning to move in the right direction? Yeah, I think, you know, um, through like social media and you see people commenting on our uh, Scottish rugby posts saying how everything's changing, like there's a big difference on, you know, before we wouldn't have played as many games, if any games, before our Six Nations. But now, you know, like, as you said, we've had a tour and then we've got like, um, games against Wales and Japan coming up to prepare us for the Six Nations, but yeah, like definitely people from the outside are seeing it and they're having a co- they're comment on it and they're saying how good it is for us for us as a squad. And do you feel that as players in that environment that you know things are progressing and that now in Scotland you know people are taking women's rugby very seriously? Yeah, it makes such a difference. Like we've got a good strategy in place moving forward. So like all the stuff that's been put in, all the resources we're now getting, um, it's building us up. And like we've had the same kind of group of players for quite a few years now. We're still a really young squad. Um, so to be able to like develop us all and then build together, like and then actually for people on the outside to now see what we kind of do, see what we do behind the scenes, see all the hard work we put in, and then hopefully reap the benefits and keep continuing to progress as well. And obviously we've got autumn internationals coming up. You're taking on Wales and Japan. I mean the tour would have been invaluable for you going into that. What kind of, what things are you going to be taking from the tour and that time together, you know, on and off the pitch that you're going to be now using for moving forward to the November tests? Um, I think just the fact that we've gelled so well together as a squad, you know, we don't need to start from square one and try and gel. Um, the fact that we can, you know, play as a, as a team um, and we don't need to use that extra time, as I said, to gel again. And I think, you know, just the fact that we were able to use our structure, our new structure and, you know, see where we went wrong and where we were right and, you know, be able to fix it instead of being still at square one. Um, Yeah, I think that's the main thing. Yeah, I think, like, well, for us, ultimately, um, we want to qualify for the World Cup. So to get experience playing these teams from bringing that back from the tour, we can build on that, then build in the tests, then build in the Six Nations. So then come the World Cup qualifier, hopefully we'll be in a good place moving forward. And right now the structures are in place. So now we just need to do our part and take and learn from each game as it comes. I'm Jess Breach and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. We'll be back with Jade and Chloe shortly. Let's just take you through the Tills Premier 15's results from round three. And we've got to start uh, with our Saracens comeback against Loughborough Lightning. Finished 24-28 to Saracens, but they showed 17-0 at half time. And one of those powerful performances uh, I've seen in a long while since the first half of the final last year. (coughs) Thanks for bringing that up, Johnny. Um, yeah, look, I've been on the, the back end of that where we've been leading really strongly against Saracens and they're just a team that you can never um, underestimate in those circumstances. Um, I spoke to Sarah McKenna briefly about it, um, who scored a fantastic try. Not the winning one, but a great try. And she spoke about how actually their players had full belief that they had the ability to come back and... Um, 
and you know it is heartbreak for Loughborough Lightning and I think you know the the final try to win the game was scored from a driving line out and I think the desperation that shows was that Katie Daly McLean was at the bottom of that mall um, which is not where you expect um, a 10 to be trying to prevent it so but it, it shows that there's some tough competition yeah Twyford Avenue uh, saw Wasp win 29-14 against a tough Darlington Moden Park Sharks 15, Abbeydale with a couple of decent scores there. Yeah, I mean, Abbeydale looks on fire at the moment um, in terms of it in attacking for Wasps. And I think, but I'd like to just touch on Darlington, Moden Park. And I know that they've lost this game, but you have to have a look at their last three games, actually, and how, you know, this was a team that was in the bottom four last year. And now they're competing against, um, you know, players, teams that are in the top four. You know, 27-12 against Loughborough Lightning, 46-26 against Waterloo. You know, shows that they're on a really good path at the moment. Moment. So they're a team that to watch out and definitely not um, underestimate this season. Bristol Bears up at field with Waterloo picked up a bonus point with their six tries. Two from Lucy Atwood, a comfortable 35 to nil win there. Yeah, I think, you know, at the moment it seems that Bristol are on um, a big incline in terms of their growth and development. Kim Oliver's doing a great job down there and Eleanor Snowseal, which hopefully we'll hear more from about her next week and her involvement at Bristol Bears. Uh, Richmond uh, with their double header with a men's side, well done them. Boosted by the return of their their skipper Hannah Field, came through thirty five eight over Worcester. Yeah, interestingly, I think Richmond felt that a lot of oppositions now are um, kind of writing them off on the back of you know the result against Harlequins and also against Saracens and and they wanted to have a lot to prove that weekend so it's pretty impressive scoreline 38 35 to 8 um and I think Worcester felt like they really underperformed though so fair play to to Richmond uh, and your side also a double header with the men's uh replay of last year's semi-final Shauna Brown scored um and as well as debutant Sarah Beckett coming on 39-12 it finished yeah. It finished. It finished 39-12, yeah. yes. I mean, at half-time, the score was um, 12-7. So for, for the team to come back out and to score that many points um, was really, really impressive. It was it was a classic game of that they had to um, find a way and tire the opposition out in order to get where they wanted to get to. Um, it was great to see Sarah Beckett take her debut as well. Um, and, yeah, she was a, a great force and she's a great credit to the club. So Saracens and Harlequins leading the way with three from three and a maximum 15 points on the board. We're back with our two superstars of the Scotland side from Dump Truck Labour to Gala Shields, Melrose Leal and now Harlequins in England. It's Chloe Rowley and alongside her former basketball discus and shot put athlete, Black belt in an unpronounceable martial art. Inverness Craig Dunane, where it all started to Hillhead Jordan Hare to France and Lille, and now the quarters of Quinns. Hello again to Jade Conkle. Hiya. There has been some dispute over how to pronounce your surname. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no dispute when I've been commentating on you, but uh, just once and for all, how do you pronounce your surname? I pronounce it Conkle. Splendid. We'll go with that then. Uh, martial arts, personal trainer. It's uh, Conquel, is it not? Conquel. Oh, Conquel, Conquel. Yeah. Yeah. Conquel. Just when I'm feeling posh. <laughs> Jade La Conquel. Yeah. <laughs> Conquel, we'll go with Conquel. But yeah, martial arts, uh, some personal training. Um, you really are not someone to mess with, are you? Although your teddy bear story probably uh, <laughs> says against that. But is that why you're so elusive, Chloe? Because I know you used to live together. Is that why you're so elusive? Because you wanted to run away from Jade? Yeah, I'd rather just stay quiet and stay in my room. I didn't want to yeah. cause any drama for Jade to kick off and you know yeah and did you enjoy living together 
Uh, no, yeah, it was good. It was a good laugh. It was. Um, yeah, she wasn't. She's not that aggressive. She might look it, but she's not. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It's good. Um, a good time, a good year together. You know, you learn a lot about each other. You certainly do. <laughs> I think yeah. we'll draw a discreet veil over that and, and, and probably move on. Uh, well, we so we've covered some of the, the international aspects uh, of your careers. Now we'll have a look at the club stuff, but uh, equally as intriguing. Scottish rugby, um, some of our listeners just won't know of the structure of Scottish club rugby for, for women. Would you mind just giving us a, a brief outline of, of how Scotland uh, and the rugby shapes up there? Well, I'm from up north, um, so the land of the Loch Ness Monster. Me and Nessie go way back. Um, So I didn't really grow up with lots of rugby. Um, There wasn't really any girls' teams, um, but actually now there's like a northern league. We've got um, the Premiership um, in Scotland as well, and there's there's lots more females playing rugby. So now you've got the kind of pathways. We've got um, an under-18 pathway for women. Then you've got the under-20s build up. And then I think they've still got the stage two academies. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which then uh, led into stage three, which is where we got our contracts. But now we've got 2021 contracts. So um, in the borders, um, it was much, there was a lot more. So I think Chloe can. Yeah, like. What, 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 just do, what are the different levels between two, two and three? Just for, for those people who, who wouldn't know. So two, you're just um, supported physio wise and um, training wise. Um, and then obviously stage three is where you're contracted and you're paid by the union. To, to train and you're still given everything else the stage two is it's just a difference of you know properly contracted it's classed as your professional then and how many girls do you have that are in that in that category um now we have I can even tell you. eight yeah yeah eight um so the first year it was obviously jade and then me and lisa thompson were added to that and it was three and then as the year two years has went on more people have been added to it and like supported in different ways like through work or you know help to get time off work and um just help financially like to keep living but still being able to train to a high standard to improve yeah and i think the numbers in the kind of pathways for the younger girls have skyrocketed as well so hopefully more girls can see that it is a pathway to take and then more are getting involved to play the game which is brilliant and are you seeing that on the field then the, the, the results of that? Yeah, so um, actually in South Africa we had um, three uncapped players there. One got capped and um, the other two um, got such a good experience out there. Um, both come from the under-20s programme, which is absolutely phenomenal. I actually coached one of them in an under-18 team in Glasgow, so it was absolutely incredible to then see her um, in the squad there. And also the other girl that came up, we actually played against her while I was a coach as well. Um uh, so they played against each other in the under-18 level. For them to be brought up um, through the under-20 pathway was really incredible for them to experience. I mean, that's such a lovely story, isn't it? The fact that you coached them and then were part of that that pathway for them. But I, I don't think you seem old enough to have done that. <laughs> yeah, I was just sitting there thinking that. But, um, I mean, obviously there's been huge growth in Scottish rugby, which is great to see, and we want to see that continue to develop. Like, I mean, this weekend we're going to be facing some of your... Harlequins are going to be facing some of your your teammates. So we see there's 14 players who are playing in the Tyrrells Premier 15s now. Is uh, is that a new thing, or is that you people have wanted to gravitate towards the Tyrrells Premier 15? You know, since seeing you guys come across, or or potentially when you guys were in France as well. And um, well, obviously, like from watching the Tyrrells, even when um, I lived in France, I could always see like the quality of it, um, and I knew it was definitely somewhere I wanted to go. And I think from other players um, seeing kind of the progressions that. Um, like we're making as athletes here as well like it 
it makes you draw towards it like you want to become a better athlete every day so you need to put yourself in the places that that's going to happen and um, while the Scottish League is still um, very much developing and um, the level is getting much higher um, for especially the senior players it's important for us to be able to go and progress now because obviously like I said before like we want to um, get to the World Cup so we need to have our players in places that are going to be playing competitive rugby week in week out so lots have moved to the Tyrrells which is fantastic Yeah that was amazing 14 of, of your 23 in that second test against South Africa so let, let's move on then literally over, over the channel France why? Um, I think at the time it was an opportunity you couldn't say no to um, I think it's great yeah like got a contract through it and you know, like just the whole change of scene, like, you know, going from Scottish rugby into the French league just seemed very interesting and it seemed like a good challenge to personally take, like to uh, progress on and off the pitch, which is exactly what I did do. Like, you know, went over and had a good experience and enjoyed my time there. And I think personally as well, did develop as a player, like, you know, just to play under pressure, you know, and also dealing with the language barrier as well. Like you, you just had to put yourself out there and get on with it. Um, there was no excuses. Like You just needed to do it, and that was that. Have you, Jade? Um, yeah, so obviously playing against France, you know how physical they are. So for me, I really wanted to go and kind of test my physicality levels out there. Um, and they play a good offloading game. And again, like Chloe said, it's an experience like off the pitch as well. Like didn't really know much of the language. My teacher told me never to take French again um, in <laughs> school. So for me to then go and live out there and actually learn to speak it, learn the cu- culture on and off the pitch and just kind of get a bit more life experience as well as rugby experience. So it was kind of a no-brainer. I mean, you both touched it there about how physical they are, the crowds and the passion that France bring. I mean, it's an incredible place to play. Is it the same in the domestic game as well? Do you get lots of crowds there, lots of fans back in? Um, do you have that as well? So obviously we see that with the international side of things, but is it there for domestically as well? So there's not as many people, obviously, at games week in, week out, but um, we had a brass band or something that used <laughs> to come to every one of our home games and um, the support for the club was always massive and then we went further down south, like the support was, was still good. You're still getting really good turnouts for games and lots of buy-in and stuff, which was which was really cool to yeah. see. Personally, I remember the first match we played, it was just a friendly before the season and it was just on a back pitch um, with a little white barrier around the outside of it and there was just people everywhere like again the the brass band the flags the signs like everything like and it just I think it looked so good because we it was on a side pitch it wasn't even in a stadium there was no stand there was nothing it was just on the side of the grass and people were singing and chanting and yeah it was you know that was really special to, to have that and to see that and as the year did go on like again the brass band was still there as Jade mm-hmm. said um, you know, singing their songs, and yeah, I'll never, never forget like the songs that they were singing and stuff like that. No, it was, but it was cool. Yeah, it was, it's, it's a good experience. So when you were lining up for your your croissant in the morning, no, of course you wouldn't have had croissant. <laughs> when you were lining up for a, I don't know, a, a baguette, oats, oats, <laughs> oats um, would you be recognised? Would people stop you in, in the centre of Lille? That kind of stuff. Um, I think if we had our, you know, our kit on um, with our badge and stuff, like, yeah, people would stop and they'd say, oh, you play rugby. And, yeah, like, and after games, like, a lot of people came up to us and were saying, oh, the Scottish, the Scottish. And they would speak to you, which is quite nice, and ask you how you were getting on. And, you know, they would just comment on your performance, which was quite nice to have. 
They'd actually find you and they had photographs of you to, for you to sign. So it was all a bit bizarre. We're like, oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Hello, bonjour. Yeah. I mean, you definitely made your names both over in France. But Jade, you also was nominated for Player of the Year, which you were going up against Safi, who yeah. is the French number eight. I mean, that's an incredible achievement um, to go to another country <laughs> to play and, and then be nominated for that award. Yeah, so I actually always laugh. So back in 2013 when I got um, capped, um, our last game of the... Um, season was against France and our captain played number eight and I was playing six and but our captain fell ill with food poisoning so um, Jock was like right you're in you're playing number eight never played number eight in my life (laughs) Um, so lined up in the tunnel looked to my left and obviously there's Safi never seen anybody like it I was like she is massive (laughs) I was like rest in peace like this is my last (laughs) day but then I was like I I prepped myself I was like right you know you've got this you've trained for this you're ready you're gonna go out there and show her why you why you even though you're smaller you, you're going to make an impact and she swatted me swatted me away like a little fly like I'm not even being funny like she annihilated me so to then have progressed over the years to then be nominated for the same award um to me is like one of the biggest achievements ever because she's been a back row player that I've looked up to ever since I got capped and then moving on to life in England um why did you choose to come back and why did you choose Harlequins um, so Jock was my first ever, well, Karen Finlay, Jock was my first ever Scotland coach. Um, she brought me into the squad when I was 18 and she's been on my case for years. Um, she's not really one you say no to either. Um, so I explained the whole France situation, how it was a life experience. She totally understood it and that was a big thing as well. She respected that. Um, and then it was always my plan to kind of move to Harlequins after because of the infrastructure, the setup, the players and kind of what I'd learned there. Um, and it was also really nice to come back to somewhere that they speak English and you can be a bit more you and have lots of conversations and the way Harlequins play the offloading game again big physical team really really kind of threw it out there for me yeah I think it's you know kind of the same story for me as what Jade just said about um I did come to visit Harlequins before I went across to France but again I think I was more determined to put myself out there in France in a different environment and you know get that experience which I'd done and I always knew that Harlequins was was an option and so after the two years when I had you know had enough of the experience and got all that I needed to get from French league and French life. I just thought it was time to move back over and again push myself in a different place, different culture. Like Jade said, the language was, you know, so much more appealing to be able to actually speak to your your teammates and, you know, like not be confused every five minutes about what's going on on the pitch and yeah, I think it's it was just to kind of again to take another step forward and progress as a player. I think what Chloe meant to say was she missed me, so she decided to follow me back to Harlequins. And what's what's birth like? Um, I, we were at sorry Sports Park today to to meet, to meet you guys. I have heard she sort of whispers a few whispers in the corridor saying "Bossy Birth." Is that is that what she's like? She actually terrified me the first time I met her. Me too. <laughs> but then you just realise she has a big softy at heart, like yourself. Just like me, it's probably why we get on. Do you have a teddy bear? No. I got a story though. So I used to have a teddy bear. It was a Humpty Dumpty. And basically I grew out of it, got too old. So my mum made it into a little pillow and I still have it. Oh, oh. And, and we wrap things up on, on a teddy bear story. Uh, ladies, thank you so much for, for coming to speak to us today. Really, really appreciate it. We'll watch the season as it unfolds with great interest. But thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, I'm Mahon, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod.
great to have those two on the pod being so honest. They're both phenomenal characters. It's great to have them both down here at the side, training full time. Um, Chloe Rowley's just come in this season. Obviously, we've had Jade with us for a year already, um, but they've settled in really quickly. And yeah, good girls. And, and off the park? I can't tell you those things, Johnny. What goes on tour, stays <laughs> yeah. on tour. Okay. Uh, all right, then on the field, then you, you can't tell me those things. What, what do they add to what is a, a very, very strong Harlequin squad? Let's start with Chloe. I mean, the way you can describe Chloe is she's quiet but deadly. She goes around her business quietly, but then when she's on a pitch, she explodes and she has got the most incredible footwork um, that I've seen in the women's game. She has the ability to, to burn people and stand people up and make people look very silly. So I'm very, very pleased that she's on my team. Uh, and Jade? Jade is... Different. Very, <laughs> not quite she'll the same you, feet, around you. but she's got, yeah, she will run over you. The thing I love about Jade is that she, her work ethic, and this relates to her off pitch as well, the way she trains, the way she goes about, you know, her nutrition. She's very, very professional about everything that she does. And, and that you just, it ripples in this side here. So, you know, not only does she bring that on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. Well, I guess the Harlequins fans will hope that uh, those two will be in action this weekend. Um, as you travel up to DMP Sharks, not an easy place to go and play. Tamara Taylor uh, and Heather Kerr leading the, the charge up there. Tamara Taylor doing some, some great work uh, in her coaching tracksuit. How do you see that one going? Yeah, I think, you know, you can't underestimate them. There's been a whole lot of changes. They've obviously got a lot of Scottish internationals that you'd like to see be featuring this weekend. Um, and Tamara Taylor, you know, an individual player that she is, and she is, she's a level three going on level four rugby coach. She's now player coach there. She's got so much experience of being a part of really great, successful teams. Um, she's gone through highs and lows, which she'll definitely be using um, with all of those kind of aspects into this Darlington Moden Parks team, which you're clearly seeing in reflection to the results. And I know they're not they're not all wins, but they're smaller margins than they have been in the, um, previous years. Uh, Loughborough Lightning sitting in six at the moment with just one win entertaining Furwood Waterloo. Only one result there, you'd guess. Yeah, I think Lightning will be too strong. Um, you know, probably the names on paper for Lightning, you'd probably expect them to be sitting a little bit higher than sixth, but the you know, the players that they've got there, they'll be, you know, putting things to bed and be trying to get straight back onto onto the horse this weekend. And the bounce back side so far this season, Richmond off the back of their first win down to Gloucester Hartbury. Yeah, I think, you know, again, having watched Gloucester Hartbury last weekend, I think they will be too strong for them. I think Richmond have, you know, found their fight again. So it will definitely will be a great contest. Southampton's back at home as Worcester visit. Worcester a little rudderless at the moment. Yeah, I think they're in a bit of a tough place, you know, on and off the pitch. Um, so I think Saracens are going to just blow that one away. And the final game down at Bristol as Wasps come to town. Now, this one will be an interesting game. I think, you know, both teams are at a tipping point in terms of their, where they are in their performance. Um, so it would be interesting to see which um, comes out on top. But, you know, I think Bears may just push it. And we must mention this game is being streamed live, the first of six between now and Christmas, plus the Red Roses test uh, against Italy at Goldington Road. The RFU have stressed that all ten clubs will be covered over the course of the season. It's so important for these games, the highlights, the tries, whatever, to be out there. So you can catch the, the stream games um, at Premier 15s, that's 15s.com, the England Rugby Facebook page and YouTube channel. Join me on Saturday.
So that's it for this week. Our thanks to producer Jez, to our fab guest Jay Conkle and Chloe Rowley. Join us again next time. We'll catch up with Eleanor Snowsill and we'll be hoping to talk to Rachel Taylor, but she's a very busy lady. And we'll focus on the game in Wales, the club scene, the coaching and the Welsh squad and their upcoming autumn tests. And of course we reflect on all the latest news from the Tyrrells Premier 15s. And whatever you're doing to promote the women's game, wherever you are, keep it up. Until next time. <laughs>